What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hempresent. Our radio resident Hempo-Sapien Vivian McPeak will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hempresent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to Hemp Present, the weekly radio show where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to feed Prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant, join me for a weekly Reefer Radio Rebellion against Prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I am your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, and its 24th year found at hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing. Transmitting from a fortified bunker under a ramshackle radio warren at an undisclosed location deep within the rumbling bowels of underground Seattle, my goal is to spread the green flame of 420 truth in 30-minute increments. Today's guest on Hemp Present is Dave Rines. Executive Director and Founder of the Marijuana Business Association. But first, one great societal cause to prohibition has been a general lack of respect for the rule of law, which has cost lives on both sides. Many people, young and old, see the illogical and unjust nature of our pot laws, and that awareness contributes to a lack of respect for all of society's laws, the vast majority of which are sound, reasonable, and necessary to operate a society of this size and complexity. The introduction of low-level pot offenders to the criminal colleges of jails and prisons has helped to create criminals where there were none, the complete opposite of what a good criminal justice system is supposed to do. Once you get a felony, you're in the system, and a life of criminality may seem like the only practical solution to the stigma and obstacle of a conviction. Finding a job, housing, public assistance, student loans, and other activities could be severely impacted. After being released from incarceration, 
fines, fees, and attendance at drug, alcohol, 12-step, and or anger management classes may be required along with maintaining a job and housing. For many people just coming out of incarceration, those requirements can equal a recipe for failure. As Law Enforcement Against Prohibition or LEAP founder Jack Cole says, you might be able to get over an addiction, but you can never get over a conviction. It's there for life regardless of your level of rehabilitation. The racial inequities involved in the way prohibition has been enforced has created a disproportionately dark-skinned prison population. And for many years, prohibition has acted as a subtle form of voter suppression. Entire communities have seen a large portion of the mothers and fathers in their neighborhoods either incarcerated or left with felony convictions, leaving broken families, latchkey children, and lost opportunities in their wake. But activism, coupled with the obvious failures of prohibition, has made a difference justice movement, ordinary people have been required to go to extraordinary lengths in order to secure any sense of justice and equality in the face of this institutionalized repression and malice. Activists have taken many risks over the years, putting their jobs and families on the line, and in some instances, their freedom. It's because of the contributions of thousands of volunteer community activists that the most powerful government in human history is in reactionary mode, haphazardly struggling to respond and adapt in real time to a changing legal and political landscape. Finally, after so many years, the dark, ominous cloud of prohibitionist dominance and persecution, the failed approach of treating a public health problem as a criminal justice problem, is starting to fall. Unprecedented advancements in the cause of legalization and normalization have been taking place, and there's been a subsequent media frenzy that has swiftly emerged, eager to exploit just about any story about cannabis, even positive ones. I used to pride myself on keeping a scrapbook list of every cannabis-related news article in the 80s and 90s. Later, I continued the process by keeping a list of links to digital pot-related news stories. I simply had to give that up a few years ago because since the passage of I-502 and Measure 64, the media floodgates have opened and such a raging torrent of cannabis-related media has been unleashed that I simply can't keep up with it with my Google News Alerts. For the longest time, in fact, as long as I can remember, News story headlines about cannabis have invariably employed the pot joke double entendre. Is legalization just a smokescreen? Do Americans have the munchies for reform? Are legalization efforts going up in smoke? I always viewed this phenomenon as one more level of subtle marginalization, of denigration, as the cannabis issue has traditionally been relegated to ha-ha status by those who have placed themselves or whom society has placed on some pedestal of mainstream authority. It's all been a part of a concerted culture war uh, that prohibition has been from day one. If you use pot, you're supposedly a second-class imbecile who's a slacker, a deadbeat, or a family embarrassment, be it an unwashed, unemployed hippie, an eccentric Rastafarian, or the tattoo artist who lives in the trailer park down the street. But things are changing. As a new meme is advancing rapidly, one of the cannabis entrepreneur, the business person, seeking to change the status quo through economic activism, which leads me to today's interview. My guest today cut his business teeth at Rolling Stone magazine, later becoming associate publisher and president of Spin magazine, where he moved from the magazine uh, world to the interactivity world. He then became senior vice president at Time Warner Cable and later AOL, where he served as senior vice president of interactive marketing. He moved to Seattle in the 1990s, where he founded the Marijuana Business Association. His name is Dave Rines, and he's joined me today. Welcome, Dave. How are you, my brother? Very well. Thank you, Vivian. I appreciate being on here and I appreciate the setup. I'm looking forward to this discussion. Well, thank you, brother. You emerged on the scene and things have been exploding around you. Why don't you quickly tell us about the Marijuana Business Association, uh, how it got started and why? 
Sure, thank you. We started the MJBA, as we call it, three years ago. So right after the November 2012 elections legalized recreational or adult use cannabis here in Washington and in Colorado. And as a longtime business guy, I saw that in order for this fledgling industry to succeed, we would need to have the kinds of business infrastructure mechanisms and support that would allow these new industries and new new players, new businesses to get started in a vacuum. For while marijuana use has been in, popular in this country for half a century, the businesses have been mostly underground. They've been in your garage. They've been in your backyard. Their little closet grows. And as such, they haven't had the same kind of discipline that most businesses have. You have a history at many mainstream institutions, Rolling Stone, Spin, Time Warner, AOL. In that level of business, there's kind of a formula that is used how different is a marijuana business from that general form? How much? How different is that from the kind of traditional mainstream mechanisms of business? What other challenges do the pop businesses face? Yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, this is uh, uh, this is a small and medium-sized business revolution. The legalization of cannabis has taken many of those underground entities that we talked about and brought them from cottage industries from mom-and-pop kitchen table industries or businesses into real startups. And as such, many of the same challenges that you might have if you were starting a Dunkin' Donuts franchise or if you were starting out and, and trying to create a bakery are going to apply here. So it's, first of all, getting money. Then it's finding real estate, managing employees, building your product, differentiating your brands, communicating to your marketplace, and then operating cost effectively. Those are all disciplines. The challenge, of course, comes here in the cannabis world, even in legal states like Washington and Colorado and Oregon, where we do not have access to the same capital markets, meaning you can't get a bank loan for your cannabis business. You can't get access to traditional government-supported institutions. And in many cases, your taxation is not as advantageous as if you were not in the industry. So you have and you're, more and you're, and you're pretty much – you're specifically re- referring to 280E, right, uh, preventing that's right. it's, it's, businesses it's, from filing federal taxes and declaring their operating expenses? That's right. It's 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 in part two ADE, but it's other things as well. You know, many of the I mean, here in, in this country, right, if you've been watching the presidential debates, you've seen uh, many uh, on both sides of the aisle lauding the great American entrepreneur, that engine of job creation and local reinvigoration of economies is the small business guy. And in fact, what you've seen here in legal cannabis is literally tens of thousands of new businesses being created and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands approaching new jobs being created, even in this constrained environment. However, we don't have the same kind of access to the small business administration loans or your local chamber of commerce 
probably isn't embracing you. The main street isn't embracing the cannabis business yet in most cases. So we're still fighting local zoning and we're still fighting what I call the last mile, which is the uh, cultural acceptance. So even if there's not a rule or a law or a regulation that prohibits your business from access, oftentimes there's a social stigma, which means that you are not given the same considerations. So in some ways, the market is butting up against the old boys network. Well, it is. In, in, you and, know, and, and, I, and, and, and the legal challenges on top of it. That's right. So I think it's both. And I believe that the legal challenge will sort itself out and is sorting itself out. You now have federal politicians like Earl Blumenauer in Oregon, who are leading the charge. You even have presidential candidates on both sides of the aisle saying in national televised debates that they were pro-medical marijuana or even, you know, in Bertie's cases, with a wink and a nod giving us the I'll probably sign the legalization if it were in my power. Even Hillary Clinton, who has been on the fence, you know, signaled and expressed the benefits of medical marijuana. So you've seen that political discourse has changed. It takes a long time to unravel federal law. I believe that that will happen. In my mind, what's even more interesting is that local mile. And we at the Marijuana Business Association believe that that's an economic discussion. I want to talk about jobs. I want to talk about employment opportunities. I want to talk about new tax revenues. You know, Oregon in the first week of legal cannabis generated $11 million. You know, you've got Colorado last month generated $20 million in tax revenues. And in fact, Colorado has generated so much in new tax revenues that they just are having an election about what to do with that surplus. Do they give it back to the public or do they put it towards education. So while cannabis taxation is not the great panacea, the dollars and jobs that are resulting from legal cannabis are certainly assuaging the concerns of mainstream that the sky would fall if, in fact, we rolled back prohibition. We are talking to Dave Rines from the Marijuana Business Association. We're going to take a quick pause for the cause because there's flaws in the laws here. Word from our sponsor. We'll be right back on Cannabis Radio. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on MJWellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out mjwellness.com today. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at KarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. 
Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Candid. I want to give you the inside story. Captivating. I want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends. Compelling. We get to meet some of the most amazing cannabis activists and warriors around. Listen in as medical marijuana pioneer Dr. Dina shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. I want to share with you what was once confidential information. Let's expose the truth, discuss the issues, and learn the facts. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back on Hemp Present on CannabisRadio.com. I am talking to Dave Rines from the Marijuana Business Association. David, legalization in Washington, Colorado is already generating tens of millions of dollars in taxes and many thousands of new jobs. Alaska, Oregon, the District of Columbia are also rolling out their recreational markets. And other states, including California and Nevada, are poised to flip here uh, in 2016. Has momentum reached critical mass? Can this movement be stopped at this point? What do you think? No, I think we have reached what Malcolm Gladwell called the tipping point. You know, if you look at public opinion, it had to reach a supermajority well before 2012, before it was manifest in elections. So what you're really seeing now is a lot of pent up demand and really a lot of frustration that it's taken this long. I can add to that list Ohio. I grew up in the Midwest, and and to think that Midwestern states like Michigan and Illinois and Ohio and even Kentucky are fighting the legalization fight is really encouraging. We always thought legalization was primarily a West Coast phenomenon. That is not true. So you're seeing places like Nevada, which will certainly go legal, and California in 2016 will be what I like to call ollie-ollie-oxen-free. We'll have close to 80% of all Americans living under some legalized cannabis, and at that point, it will be unstoppable. Can you talk about your media network, MarijuanaNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel 1 on YouTube and your extensive social media network? Who drives all that messaging, and uh, what's the goal of these projects? Yeah, thank you. You know, it was interesting. I was listening to your intro and you talked about just trying to keep a list of all the links and, and uh, tear sheets <laughs> all the stories of what was going on. Well, in much the same way, the MJBA, three years ago, uh, we started MJ Headline News on Facebook, literally just to chronicle the news that was evolving. It was kind of the Huffington Post for cannabis, if you will. And so we started just following those, liking and sharing it on MJ Headline News. What I saw, I wanted to see, number one, is could I aggregate community around that? Would anybody care about those stories and would they comment? Almost overnight, it went from zero to 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, 10,000. Today, it's got 158,000 followers on just MJ Headline News on Facebook. So then after that, we said, hey, could we start doing some original reportage and migrating from social network from Facebook onto the web? 
web. And so we created mjnewsnetwork.com and we began to parse all of that news into verticals, meaning put it into buckets where there was legal news or business news or event news, lifestyle celebrity news. And so we did that and that immediately the, the traffic started going. And so everywhere we went as the MJBA and everywhere that our clients who started growing pretty rapidly, uh, we're up over, you know, we're at 500 various cannabis businesses are uh, paid members now of the MJBA. So we started following our businesses everywhere we went to HempFest, to the various trade festivals, to creating our own seminars and filming and chronicling what was going on. We put that on YouTube on Marijuana Channel One. So what we've seen now is we've created a repository. Three years later, we have literally thousands and thousands of news stories in every subject. So you can go there and and search Washington News or New York News or Ohio News Or you can search by keyword, Vivian McPeak, what's that guy up to? Or what's going on with 280E? Or what's happening with California medical marijuana? And so by just aggregating the news, we've created a resource that mainstream media doesn't cover. So you can't do the same thing with Google. You can't do the same thing with any of the public search engines because there's just too much of it. But because we've tagged it and meta-tagged it, And I learned that in my traditional media world. And then we've created a social media network so that all of the participants can communicate through Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest and all the various social media networks. So what we have now is hundreds of thousands of people within the cannabis community who are sharing information and sharing their feelings. That's a powerful thing, Vivian, you know, and to connect. And so the world looks out and says, this is not just in my backyard, there's not just onesie twosies, but this is really a, a global phenomenon at this point. Dave, the MJBA or the Marijuana Business Association is a member-driven trade organization. and There are cannabis-related business groups, associations, commissions, trade organizations sprouting up like leaves on an indica plant now that the yeah. hard work to reform from all the other similar organizations that are becoming commonplace. What do you all do for your members yeah. that's uh, unique? It's an interesting thing being an industry. I applaud folks getting involved. You know, the the notion that you should be part of groups, that you should join association is a simple one. It literally does take a village and you can't do it all yourself, right? So you need to band together with like-minded folks to pull in the same direction. It's the only way you get things done. The MJBA is different from most if not all of the other cannabis groups, in that we're not fighting the legal fight. We're not focused on the medical efficacy. We're not talking about terpenes. We're not, you know, lauding the various components within the plant. Those are things that are done by lots of great players. We feel like the biggest challenge to participants in legal cannabis is that they are under-resourced They don't have the money. They don't have the intellectual capital. They don't have the staff or the support to run their businesses. So we want to talk to these legal cannabis businesses about business, about accounting, about product creation, about marketing, about distribution, about differentiation. So all those traditional boring business things that get lost because we're fighting a revolution. 
So the MGABA, I know you've done meetups in Seattle, Tacoma, Vancouver, I think Spokane, and you also do vendor fairs, job fairs, I think professional education seminars. What goes on at these meetups? Well, so the meetup, and you're right, we're now in, and we're in Bellingham and we're, you know, we're starting them all over the state of Washington and Portland, Colorado. Those are the there there. So if you are a business professional and you want to get involved in legal cannabis, the first question is, well, where do I go? Uh, where do I sign up? Where do I meet other people? And that's the MJBA meetups. There are monthly meetups that are meant to be business-to-business networking groups. We share a little information. We have a couple of MJBA businesses get up and talk about themselves. And then we do news reports. We're proud to have supporters like HempFest, like Normal, like the Russ Belleville Show, who come to our various meetups and deliver the news to the business community. And then we do networking and business exploration. So that's the meetups. The seminars are really drill downs. So I'm, we did one last Monday for Washington retailers, and we looked at all the sales numbers, who's selling what to whom for how much, and then allowed them to have some really in-depth panel discussions about what the implications were to their cannabis businesses. We'll do the same thing on November 10th in Spokane, Washington, with Washington State's biggest producer processors, you know, farms like Buddy Boy Farms and Triple T and Blue Roots Cannabis. We'll get together with folks like Land Race Labs and Vuber and Eden Labs and talk about the techniques and processes for growing good product, for uh, servicing the market, and then maintaining profitability and scalability. You know, they're they're pretty much all along all the spectrums that you could think about with business at the local level. Okay, quickly, Dave, because I'm going to have to go to break and hear another word from the sponsor. What do you think the biggest prevailing myth is about cannabis business that you keep hearing? What's the biggest misconception floating around out there? I think the biggest myth is that it is a slacker culture, that most of the folks in marijuana are there to smoke pot all day and that it's a big party. When in fact, and I'm a person who's worked in, in a lot of entrepreneurial industries, I've never seen such hardworking entrepreneurs as I've seen in legal cannabis. Okay, and we can pick this up. Got another couple questions. We come back to the break. I'm talking to Dave Ryan's the Marijuana Business Association. We're going to take a quick pause. Hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back on Cannabis Radio. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, more flavor. com, your guide to the cannabis business world. com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. 
chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The state of cannabis. Oh my God, it's refreshing. We have people that generally wouldn't speak on behalf of cannabis for fear of retribution, fear of losing your practices, fear of of many of those things, and and find ourselves in a a place that we finally can. Bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. The State of Cannabis. On demand anytime, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we are back on Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. We are winding the show down with a few more questions for Dave Ryans from the Marijuana Business Association. David, riffing off of that last comment you made, for a period in the 1990s, industrial hemp was very fashionable, but the novelty seemed to wear off after about a decade or so. Some say that that was in part due to the poor design and construction of a lot of that industrial hemp clothing and products, but also because many of the business owners in that period's hemp industry were novices at business. In your experience, are things different this time? It seems like very seasoned business minds are racing to the cannabis industries right now. Yeah, you know, I look at these things as uh, as cyclical, as iterative. So this generation of hemp clothiers will be more successful than the last one, although I still think many of them are stylistically challenged. (laughs) I'd like to see less tie-dye and more tailored hemp garb. I think hemp is a, a miraculous fabric, and we've just begun to explore the sartorial possibilities. But I think in terms of the caliber of the player, and yeah, that is kind of what I was suggesting, we're not a bunch of potheads at least not a lot of slacker business types. What I've seen is this crop of business folks comes from across the business spectrum. I'm talking about folks from government, folks from law enforcement, folks from the traditional hemp and cannabis industry, and many of them from traditional industries like finance or big pharma or media and marketing. So I think what you've seen is some of our best and brightest have come into this segment because what we haven't mentioned up to this point is cannabis industry represents the fastest growing industry in America. And it's one of the few bright spots of our whole economy. And there are not very many places where the kinds of job creation and product innovation, the kinds of excitement. And I think that's why you're seeing the National Geographics and the Times and the Newsweeks and the CNNs who are devoting more and more space and attention to this industry. Dave Rines, CEO of the MJBA, thanks so much for taking time out to talk with me today. How can people find out more about the Marijuana Business Association? Well, you can always find us on the web, mjba.net. I would always encourage you to search for us online, mjnewsnetwork.com. Or if you're on social media, MJ Headline News, it's always a good place. Or look for the local meetup.com near you. Dave, thank you so much, bro, for being on Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. It's always great talking to you. Good luck with all your endeavors, and I look forward to seeing you. It's the next meetup. Thank you very much, Vivian. Peace. Now I want to get to a weekly feature of Hemp Present on CannabisRadio.com, and that is the quote of the week, and here it goes. 
What is the different types of hash out there? We all know that it's called the bionic, the bomb, the puff, the blow, the black, the herb, the sensi, the chronic, the sweet Mary Jane, ganja, split, reefa, the bad, the Buddha, the homegrown, the ill, the Maui Maui, the method, pot, lethal turbo, tie, shake, skunk, stress, wacky, weed, glaze, the boot, dime bag, scooby-doo, bob bogey, backyard boogie. Those are the immortal words of Ali G. That concludes this installment of Hempresent on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank my folks in the control room, Brasco and Hannah, and my brave sponsors and producers. Join me next week for another Journey for Justice on Hempresent.com because when it comes to prohibition, you have the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find yours and speak up for justice. Until then, stay strong, stand tall, and toke it easy. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.